You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar, broadcasting across the Course Radio Network. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to be learning about uh, some new micro transactions from PayPal. It'll be easy to pay your buddy back that five bucks you owe him. We'll find out how. So you don't lose that friendship over five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, people do. They got the stats. Yeah, I lose it over fifty dollars. Fifty is that? Is that your limit? Yeah. After that, it's like yeah. you don't pay me back. You're yeah, not you're friend. gone. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know, Mike. Uh, we'll also, of course, be uh, going open line as well later on in the program, taking your tech calls and questions. Or if you need some uh, buying advice, we can help you out with that uh, as well. It is back to school season. That's right. Yeah, the uh, the stores are getting full. Did your kids ask for anything? Any new tech for back to school, like uh, a gaming laptop or <laughs> something? No, like that? you know what? Uh, they're you know new headphones, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. because they go through those things like like nothing. Headphones and mice, they they destroy them. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because they don't treat them very nicely. Yeah. So you know, I'll be surprised if you know they get five months out of them. Really? Yeah. So what that's why of, I don't what, buy What kind them. of headphones are you talking about? Like Beats? Well, you know, ga- yeah, gaming headphones or, oh. or, you know, or audio headphones as well. But I, I just, I can't get them the expensive well, ones. That's right. You were texting me about your son whose microphone broke. Yeah. Was that a gaming microphone? No, it was one of those uh, ones from Blue, uh, the Nessie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, kind of a standalone mic used for podcasting. But the kids all seem to be into those right now because they're great microphones for gaming. Yes. But he dropped it on the floor. Interesting. Yeah. So... So he's had to pay for it out of his own pocket. Interesting. Interesting news uh, this week. Uh, (laughs) This is kind of crazy. Google changed their logo. It's funny how this this is news. This is huge tech news, right? Everybody is talking about the new redesign of Google's logo. Uh, It's been a long time. A lot of people are speculating they did this because they realize that it's a mobile world. The majority of people now interact with their smartphone and their tablet and not their computer. Yep. And that that means a big deal for Google because remember, they're a search engine by heart. Yeah. And uh, the eyeballs are changing how we interact with computers. I know people that don't even have laptops anymore. They just use their smartphone and they have a work computer. Yeah. But at home, they don't actually have a computer anymore. Really? And That's interesting. I know because I have like four computers at home, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is very interesting to me. <laughs> But, uh, you know, if you look at the new logo, uh, it's it's a different font now. Yeah. Kind of similar, but it's a uh, what's called a sans serif font. Uh, it doesn't have the little hooks on the ends of the letter. Uh, Google basically saying that the font they had now or the logo they had now was really designed for desktop uh, computer viewing. Uh, but this new one will make it much easier to, to view on mobile devices like smartphones and, uh, and tablets. And they say they can get it into a smaller file size as That's well. right which was interesting, 300 bytes uh, compared to, what was it, 12,000? 14,000. 14,000. 14,000 bytes, yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, bytes, that's, that's, that's nothing really yeah. in the big scheme of things. But I guess if you look at all the searches done with the Google logo coming up, I guess that would add up. It's funny, if you look at the logo, and I encourage all the listeners to check it out, you'll notice that the E at the end is slightly tilted, and that is supposed to symbolize that they're all about fun, and I don't know how. Because of a tilted E? A tilted E, yes. It's, there's a lot of meaning. Like, a lot of thought went into this logo. And a lot of uh, people in design, like all the graphic artists, they actually, the majority of them like it. Yeah. So, so Google did something good. They, they posted a blog post, and I encourage people to read it. 
they really get into it. It's almost like Freudian type of I love, analysis. I love when designers get into like the philosophy behind their, their design it's, or their, their logo. It's a logo. Let's not forget, okay? It's just a logo. But the, the type of analysis they went into, and they explained it on the blog post of why they went like this. They've, they dug deep. To, to come up yeah. with this logo. Is it news? Not really, but they got us. We just talked they, about it for they like did. They, 10 minutes. Well, Google runs our lives. We know that. <laughs> our Google overlords. Uh, BlackBerry, also in the news, uh, they made a huge acquisition. Uh, they bought a, uh, a company called uh, Good Technology for over $400 million, one of the biggest purchases uh, in their history. Yes, uh, this is even bigger than their purchase of QNX. Yeah. It's basically a platform operating system more for industrial. They were trying to use it for cars or even like nuclear plants, that type of operating system. We're not talking like Windows here. No. So so with this, they basically bought their rival is what yeah. they did. Yeah, so this company uh, basically created uh, a platform for big companies to manage their uh, their mobile devices, You know, something that uh, BlackBerry is really pushing hard into. And it, it just kind of further shows you the transition into a software company. Yep. Uh, I wonder how much longer they will be actually making devices. They, the CEO, John Chen, said, we're not going to get out of the mobile business, but that's not their focus. They're not going to try to be number one like they used to be back in the day. What they're really trying to do is they understand that their core is security. And so they're trying to provide secure platforms. That doesn't matter. Like With this acquisition, the company that they're buying – was really good at migrating iOS users. So BlackBerry is going to buy them, use their security platform, because they they're almost agnostic about what platform you're at. They just want to provide the best security, especially for business, because that's very, very profitable. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, who cares? But, you know, for a lot of companies and even small businesses, um, making sure your devices, no matter what they are, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we all think of laptops, uh, desktop computers. Sure, they've got to be secure. But, uh, you know, a lot of people at work now use their mobile devices to access company information, email, documents. And if those devices aren't uh, locked down properly, that can lead to a huge security breach, which can be devastating for companies. And it's not just BlackBerry that's doing this. We know Samsung has a platform called Knox, yep. named after like Fort Knox. Yeah, exactly. What's the same thing with the same business. They understand that business users have one phone for both business and for personal. And what they wanted to do was almost within the phone create two ecosystems so that if your phone gets lost or compromised, that data will stay locked down, that their IT department for your company can remotely wipe it. And so they created an entire platform to do that. And, of course, with people using so many iOS devices at work, Apple's in that game as well, trying to create secure platform. Because to your point, security is so important, especially in business. You'll also want to uh, tune in on the web to us or on your mobile phone. We're periscoping our show today, as we have been doing for the past uh, few shows. It's kind of a fun uh, experiment. Periscope's a, a free app you can download for your iPhone or your Android phone, and it lets you uh, uh, watch live video streams or even broadcast your own live video streams to the uh, the world. Our uh, our handle where you can see us at is at GetConnectedNow. Uh, so you can do a search uh, online uh, either through your Periscope app on your mobile device or on uh, a web browser as well on your desktop or your laptop, and you can see what we look like early in the morning. And that's right. And if you download the Periscope app on your Android or iOS device, you'll actually get a push notification. If you follow us on Twitter, you'll get a push notification every time we go live so that you can always watch us while we talk about tech.
Yeah, and you know, you don't have to watch us, but you know, I'd recommend you checking out Periscope. There's some kind of interesting uh, feeds that are available out, out there, and it's kind of really the uh, the future, I think, of news as well. It's it's amazing how it took off, how fast once it was launched, it just blew up, and everybody started to use it, and people are using it in very innovative ways. Uh, I I watch Periscopes all the time, just just because you're like a fly in the wall somewhere else. I know I get the little uh, up. The notifications yeah. that come up on my phone. And it's crazy stuff. Sometimes it's someone's birthday, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't care so much about. But other times it's like breaking news, like from Syria or, you know, some uh, live breaking events, which yeah. is kind of interesting. You're, you're right there. It feels like you're right there. Yeah. In- so it really puts the power in the people's hands. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like if there's a, a riot going on or, or something like that, uh, people are breaking out their smartphones and, and periscoping that kind of stuff. So you can watch it as it happens. You were part of history. It's, it's kind of amazing when you think about it, Mike, that we all walk around with an HD camera at all times. So you can periscope basically from anywhere at any time because we're always connected. And it, like when you sit and think about it, it's kind of amazing what kind of a time we live in. Yeah, and and you can tune in to us and see how unshaven we are. <laughs> <laughs> With our radio faces. After the break, we're going to find out uh, what PayPal is up to. They're uh, getting into peer-to-peer payments, making it easier to uh, uh, send money between uh, friends and people I guess you owe money to. We'll uh, talk more about that when we come back. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Payment technology uh, has changed dramatically over the past uh, few years. Back in my day, Andy, if you owed someone money, you had to take the five bucks out of your pocket and basically hand it to them. The funny thing is a lot of people don't even carry cash on them. So they always go to their friend, hey, I I got you next time or I'll pay you back. I promise. It's funny. I was at uh, the P&E, which is here in Vancouver. It's like a a fair that they have every summer. And... um, we were at the beer garden before the uh, the concert we were going to. Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> yeah, relaxing. And uh, it was funny. We were with some, some friends, and we're in the line, and it's cash only. Really? Yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of people don't carry cash anymore. Mm-hmm. So you could see people get in the line. They'd get up to the front, and they're like, oh, I don't have any cash. Well, you don't get any beer. But, uh, you know, hopefully that will change over the next uh, few years uh, coming up here, you know, we're starting to see our mobile phones become our wallets now. Yep. Things like Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, uh, which will be, you know, filtering into Canada hopefully soon. Uh, PayPal, it looks like, is trying to uh, take a stab at something like that as well. We've got Shane Dingman on the line from the Globe and Mail. Thanks for joining us today, Shane. Hey, guys. Thanks. So PayPal, they've uh, got a new peer-to-peer transaction uh, capability now. Can you explain to our listeners uh, what that means? Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty basic. I mean, essentially, you sign up for this uh, new service, PayPal Me, with your existing PayPal account, uh, and then you can just essentially create a, a username, and you can send a URL to somebody who owes you money. You can add a little number even onto the URL. Like, if you owe me 20 bucks, I can say PayPal Me from Shane Dingman to you guys with a slash 20, and then you know I want 20 bucks back from you. And then that's <laughs> your uncle. It's, it's, it's real. I set it up last night. Did you? Yeah. So you can shake down your friends now. I tried on Facebook, yeah. and nobody paid me anything. Well, well, I was listening to you guys, and you know what? People who don't carry cash, you know what they always carry? Their phone. Exactly. So that's, that's what this is for, right? It's for those people who 
walk around without any cash on them, but they're not going to leave their texting behind. So uh, you can trust that you can, and you can send it over Facebook Messenger, over email, over text, over whatever, Instagram probably, if you felt like it. So, so when I'm at the beer garden in the future, and I don't have any cash, you're going to say, hey, I'm going to PayPal you. It's possible. They, they did leave open the idea that, like, you know, this could be a merchant uh, solution as well, right? Like, you could see that you get up there, you say, I got no cash, and it says, well, what's your email? And then they zap you right there, and, and before you even leave, you pay them back. So it's possible. It would be better if it was, again, like sort of an NFC-style thing, right? Yeah. Um, but PayPal offers that, too, on, on devices that exist. So this is just PayPal's expansion into, uh, you know, a bigger area of of these. I mean, as I'm sure you guys have done, you know, more and more when you're shopping for something, you're doing the research first on your phone. And so as e-commerce has moved onto our phones, people start to think about, you know, how do I pay back my buddies on my phone? If you've ever tried to use like Interact on your phone, uh, you know, like the Interact e-transfer, it's a pain in the butt because it's not really mobile optimized. Uh, so this is, this is kind of what it's trying to replace. Well, Shane, what I found interesting, if you look at the market research that PayPal did, they said, 30% of friendships end because of uh, just small like amounts of money that people owe that they never pay back. Like It's kind of serious business. It could end friendships. But this kind of really solves that problem because when somebody says to you, hey, I'll, I'll pay you back, you're like, yeah, you will. Here's the link. <laughs> <laughs> pay me now. And, yeah, and you remember, remember Geno Smith of the New York Jets got his face smashed because he didn't pay back a teammate. So if he'd had PayPal me, things could have turned out quite differently for his season. There's so many different technologies coming out for payments and transactions, Shane. Uh, do you think it might start getting a little confusing for consumers? Oh, it already is. I mean, like, let's look at the, the real reason that PayPal is doing this particular type of thing is because most people in Canada, there's about 6 million Canadians with PayPal accounts, but most of them don't have their bank account attached to PayPal. So if you want somebody to pay you back on PayPal, you need to have essentially an account where they can receive money. If you've only ever signed up your credit card to your PayPal, this won't work for you. So this wow. is PayPal's attempt to expand its reach and make itself the sort of basic unit of transaction on mobile. Everybody's trying to find a way to do this. Everybody wants to find a way to get your bank account attached to some mobile tool that they can pay anywhere. I mean, the banks are offering mobile payment systems. RBC has been very front-facing on this. Everybody wants to get there, but as you say, it's a hugely confusing mess right now. Now, Shane, you live in this tech world, and you see all these different companies trying to get into the mobile payments. Who are you going to bet on that's going to kind of take over? Is it PayPal? Is it Apple, Google, Samsung? Who, who's going to take on and be on top? I don't have a, a, a bet yet because I haven't seen a really easy way for it to work yet. Nobody has done it so easily uh, and so ubiquitously that it makes the most sense. I mean, you know, the carriers want their own solution. The banks want their solution. There's payment processors like Interact and Moneris and those guys that have got ideas. So the answer is not, I don't, I don't have, like, is it going to be Google? They've been out there in, in mobile payments for so long, but nobody really seems to have picked it up. It's, it's going to be whoever finds the way to make it the most simple for consumers that has the right number of partners um, and, and has the right sort of solution for mobile and other services. I mean, think about it's a classic sort of, you know, VHS, Betamax type thing. It's, it's who has the right market to, to get the best growth, uh, except instead of two players, there's like 20. I bet the banks win. <laughs> they have the money. Well, they're afraid. I mean, they're very afraid of Apple Pay coming here and, and setting rules for them, right? Like right now, the, uh, part of the reason you don't have mobile payments that are quick and easy is because none of the players in Canada, as they are, can agree on what to do. They all want their own standard to be the solution. So if Apple comes in and it's coming in soon, uh, they're afraid that Apple's going to dictate to them how these systems should work, and they're going to lose control of this marketplace. So, yeah, they're going to try to make sure that they're the one, and I would probably bet on them as well. 
I'm hoping that there's going to be more competition in this space. You know what I mean? I mean like that it would reduce transaction fees. Do you think that's well, a possibility? <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So PayPal stop, is stop free. Stop laughing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> PayPal's free, right? They're, yeah. they're if you have a, if you have attached to a bank account, it's free. If you're using your credit card to pay somebody back, there's a fee on there because credit card uh, transactions will never give you a break on transaction fees. That is not their business model. So uh, the competition essentially is kind of like the square of cash the Snapchat cash kind of stuff, right, where they go around the traditional payment processors who have their model, and they just want to get market share. Now, the question is, once you have a world where, say, 60% of the transactions are flowing across one of these free standards, are they going to suddenly say, well, now we're going to add a modest fee? I mean, it's just basic commerce says that once you own a market, you can set the rate. So basically, Shane Pay is going to win out in the end. (laughs) If I could figure out a way. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, uh, that was fascinating. Where can people find out more information about uh, you and uh, and the Global Mail? Well, I'm on Twitter at Shane Dingman, uh, at Shane Dingman. And then there's, of course, the Global Mail, globalmail.com, and uh, Globe Technology uh, you know, on Twitter, all that good stuff. you got to follow us on Periscope so you can see how good-looking we are. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are on Periscope? I have Periscope, but mostly I just tune in to see if anyone's jumping off anything insane. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're at, at Get Connected now. So thanks a lot, Shane. Thanks, guys. We're going to open up the phone lines. Going to go general open line now, taking your tech calls and questions. One lucky caller will win a uh, free mobility SIM card that works with uh, unlocked smartphones uh, with a three-day talk, text, and data plan. That's good down in the U.S. It'll save you a truckload of money on uh, on roaming. The phone number is 604-280-9898 or 1-877-399-9898. Back after this with your calls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back shortly. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. We're going to go open line now, taking your tech calls and questions. And the phone lines again, 604-280-9898. If you're phoning long distance, it's 1-877-399-9898. I forgot my glasses today, Andy, so I can't even read. It's hilarious. If you're on Periscope right now, you got to watch how Mike puts his face to the screen to read, to read who's calling on the, on the open line board. So uh, we're going to jump here uh, first to uh, Rob. Hopefully it's Rob or not Bob. Hey, Rob, how are you? I'm good. Uh, last week you were talking about the Chromebook. Yeah. And uh, what I'm curious about is could I put a dot, could I put adaptive software on it? Because, like, I'm visually impaired and I need text-to-speech on it. So I'm just wondering could I put uh, any programs on it at all that I need? That's a that's a great question. We'd have to look into that for you. Um, you know, essentially Chromebook uh, or Chromebooks are are laptops that are just using the Google Chrome browser to do everything. Yeah. So you know, you'd use Google Docs. You know, like word processing, spreadsheets, uh, Gmail. Uh, you can download apps as well. So we, we just have to see if there's like a, some type of app that would well, do that. Essentially, it would have to be an extension for the browser. Yeah. So you can check to see if they have anything like that. But if you're talking about like specific software, no, you won't be able to, to do that. It is such a simple computer because the majority of people just need a web browser. They want to go on Facebook. They want to go and look at news or, or watch an occasional video. And Chromebooks are perfect for that. We're talking like at a two to $300 price point for a brand new machine. So for a lot of people, that, that solves majority of problems. If you need actual software, Microsoft Office or, or any other kind of software, like Photoshop, 
You can't use it. I guess you could use Office 365. You could use Office 365. Yeah. If you live in the Google world where yeah. you're using Google Drive and you have Google Docs and spreadsheets, then it's perfect. Then a Chromebook is for you. So, yeah, Rob, I don't have the, the answer for that, but I'm going to look into it and, and see if there's some sort of text-to-speech um, plug-in for the, the browser on, on that. But, you know, I imagine there must be. Because, you know, these Chromebooks are being used heavily now in education. And so, you know, what's amazing. If you actually go into the extensions yeah. for Chrome, there's a lot of stuff there. Like, I know. It's like an entire ecosystem totally. of extensions. And it just boggles my mind how much stuff that I haven't seen before that exists. We'll have to check that out. Going to jump here to Michelle. Hey, Michelle. It's Michelle. Uh, it's Michael. Oh, Michael. Sorry. I haven't got my glasses on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I upgraded to Windows 10 on August 8th. Yeah. Everything was fine. But starting August 26th, I started losing uh, connectivity to the Internet. I was on and then suddenly dropped. Okay. And I, was, I have it, uh, the Shaw modem through uh, DI uh, router. Yeah. And going through the router, Windows 10 would not recognize it. It would... Uh, have problems. I had Shaw come in, and uh, during the uh, windstorm on the weekend, they replaced the router. Okay. I mean the modem, sorry. Yeah. And so once the power came back up, reinitialized everything, got connectivity through the router, and then all of a sudden, bang, no connectivity. I now have to go just strictly the modem directly to the... Uh, Ethernet card. I'm using the Ethernet card, not uh, wireless. Yeah, that's that's strange. Like but Windows wants to connect with the wireless connector. Yeah. So uh, you've got the Shaw modem. Is there a separate router, or is it one of those ones that has the router built into it? No, it is uh, just the Shaw modem. Yeah. A vanilla modem. Yeah. With the DI, and I had a DI uh, 524 router. Okay. So you got and the two. You got the two going. Two going. And yeah. right now, I am connected. Strictly the modem directly to the Ethernet card in the back of the uh, desktop. Okay, so you're not even using the router at this point. Not at this point. I've got so frustrated. I don't know how to get Windows to recognize the router. It just doesn't yeah. want to do it. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting. I'm I'm wondering if uh, any your thoughts here. Is there? It sounds like it might be a router issue. Well, the first thing you have to do is isolate. What is the issue? Is yep. it Windows 10? Is yep. it the computer or is it your router? The easiest way is to bring another computer into the system, try to connect wirelessly. If that is also having problems connecting, then it might be a router issue. Yeah. Now, if it's Windows 10, it could be an adapter issue. So what you want to do is in the control panel in the system preferences, you can go into devices, device manager, uh, disable your your Wi-Fi card and then try to enable it. Also check if there's any updates for that Wi-Fi card. If the the good news is if it is a Wi-Fi issue on your adapter, you can buy an external Wi-Fi card. They cost like from anywhere from ten dollars up to maybe fifty dollars, depending on like a USB one. A USB one. Yeah. And they work great. And especially if you have an older device, I encourage a lot of people to do that because then you're gonna be on the five gigahertz band yeah. that a lot of the newer routers support. And that's great if you're streaming a lot on Netflix or doing online gaming. So if it is, basically the problem is, where is the problem? Is it the router or is it the computer? And the easiest way 
step one is to bring another computer into the system yeah. or even a mobile device and see if you can get like a smartphone a smartphone yeah. anything just try to get onto the network with another device to figure out if it's the router or if it's your computer and that will tell you right away it should es- yeah. essentially yeah one of our lucky callers today will be getting a Roam Mobility SIM with a three-day talk, text, and data plan. That's good on unlocked phones down in the U.S. So uh, keep calling, 604-280-9898. Anywhere in North America, 1-877-399-9898. We're going to have to take another break, but when we come back, more of your calls. And in a little bit, App of the Week with Christina. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. We're going to take a few more of your calls. And then uh, after the next break, App of the Week with Christina. I was at uh, Hall & Oates concert last night. That's right. How was was it? It was so awesome. It was like outdoor down at uh, the Peony Fair. Uh, Amazing how many people are periscoping that. Like taking little clips, like video streaming. You can just see smartphones everywhere. It's funny because, like, in the 70s and 80s, people would always have, like, a lighter at concerts. Now it's just smartphones. You know, and, and it's funny because some artists, they have no problem with that. Other artists, you know, I hear Prince, yeah. for example, uh, <laughs> they actually have people spotting the audience yeah. and, and kicking people out of the stadium if they see them using their smartphones to record or periscope. Which is, I, I, I can't understand that because it's kind of like free publicity. Yeah. And it's and not a on. great experience. And is like, the quality that exactly. great? Is that like HD quality they're capturing? No. Not by any stretch. When Taylor Swift came to Vancouver, I saw a lot of Periscope uh, feeds. I know, but that's that. like that is like pure PR. It, I know it's promotion. I know. I don't know. Prin- Prince is getting old. That's, that's Prince is. <laughs> <laughs> One of our lucky callers uh, will get a Roam Mobility SIM card with a three-day talk, text, and data plan. That's good on unlocked phones down in the U.S. We'll jump here to Susan. Hey, Susan. Hi there. Hi. Uh, I have a question about photo and video storage. I'm a newer listener, so this might have uh, been brought up before on previous shows, but I was just looking for some advice on an overfilled computer. I have a Mac, and we have tons of video and photo, and we feel penned in by the way that the iPhoto works and the time machine in that it's like it's you're locked into always uploading photos and keeping them on your computer. Yeah. But what I'm wondering, is there any other options, even if we had to eventually go to a PC software and storage options where it's completely off of your computer? And then I'm thinking also you know, a recommended backup in the cloud. I want my photos in two places, but I just don't know what there is out there aside from what I've got on my Mac. Yeah. So it sounds like you're doing the right thing. So you, you have a time machine backing it up to an external drive? Correct. Yeah, so that's fantastic. Uh, Google Photo. Yeah. Have, um, you heard, have you heard of yeah, that? I just, I've just heard of this. And yeah. the only thing, the problem I have with Time Machine is that, again, I, I'm um, required to keep adding the photos on my computer because Time Machine makes a copy of what's on my computer, correct? Yeah. Yes. And then, but what's happening is my computer is getting um, to the brim full and yeah. I, I feel like it's going to crash pretty soon. So what I'd like to see is just to be able to clear it off and keep it permanently in somewhere else, but iPhoto wants it on my computer. Yeah, I, I think you're going to have to export it out of iPhoto, uh, essentially, to get it off that computer, and then essentially go into iPhoto and erase uh, what's happening there. Uh, I use uh, Google Photo now. Uh, that's a free backup to the cloud, and amazing. It, it's not great from a um, um, organization standpoint, I find, you know, because I organize all my photos by folders and dates mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, I don't really know how it's organizing it up 
in the Google Cloud. <laughs> it just seems to be up there, but um, it essentially is free cloud backup for all your photos and video, which is amazing. It's now, a huge money saver. The other option you can do if you want to actually have the photos on your own external hard drive, there's something called a NAS, and it stands for Network Attached Storage. And basically, it's kind of like a hard drive that you connect to your router. And it has its own app. And what you can do is you can set it to just automatically upload all your photos from your device. When you're at home on Wi-Fi, it'll move all those content right to that, to that hard drive. So it's physically on an external hard drive now. It, a lot of them, I know Netgear has one. Um, they also have corresponding apps that you could use to view those photos from your mobile device. Wherever you are. Wherever you are, as long as you're connected to the internet, and it's actually picking it up from the external hard drive at your house. So it's like having your own cloud over your house, and you own the content because it's on your hard drive. That's a great storage, uh, solution for people that need to store photos and videos because you can actually set it up to do it automatically from your device. You don't even have to say, okay, I'm going to move this over. It does it for you in the background, just like uh, automatic updates for Google, Google Photos. Yeah, I got to be honest, uh, Susan. Uh, I, I use both Mac and PC. Um, iPhoto it, it confuses me a lot. I don't know why it's storing it in its own kind of library. So um, I don't like using it uh, as much as some of the other programs out there. You might check out uh, Photoshop Elements from Adobe. Uh, it's a photo manager and organizer and editor. It, it's really quite powerful, but simple at the same time. And uh, I've been using that. It, they make both PC and Mac versions. And you can essentially use that to start, you know, whenever you've got new photos, uh, whether you're taking them in over the Internet or through your camera, and set up your own folder and organization system, whether that's right on your computer or, like Annie said, on a network-attached storage drive or even a, an external drive. Mm -hmm. And I just find I have more flexibility on how I manage my photos, uh, essentially, and, and it's not trapped inside some um, iPhoto library. That's a little confusing. So, again, it's called Adobe Photoshop uh, Elements. Elements. Uh, London Drugs uh, carries it. Uh, you can go down there and actually talk to some of the guys uh, about it. But I, I really enjoy that one because it gives me, again, more flexibility on how I can keep my photos. And, and check out Google Photo as well, which is fantastic. Free cloud storage. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's a number of other ones. Flickr has a lot of free storage as well. Um, you know, Office 365 now, if you buy the subscription, I think you get unlimited storage with them too. So there's a lot of great options uh, for that. When we come back from the break, it's App of the Week time with Christina. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here. And it's that time of the week, and we have Christina joining us in the studio to talk about App of the Week. Christina. Hi. Hi. What do we got? Uh, we have an app called Ant Square this week. Ant? Ant Square. Ant Square. Mike, you were at the launch event with me for this app. Oh, that's right. App, okay. It's, so... all it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> Let's talk about Ant Square. So this is actually an app that was developed here in Vancouver, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but it helps people shop locally, but y using an e-commerce platform. So that's something that's new and 
pretty exciting, I think, because typically if you wanted to shop locally, you had to go to a storefront or a local marketplace. But now you can actually do it through this app. So this would be great for people that are make a lot of uh, like artists that would make crafts or, or paintings and things like that that exactly. don't necessarily want to have a storefront, but just want to sell a few items uh, here and there. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the app actually lets you set up a meeting place to meet with the seller um, and it will actually hold the payment in escrow until you've seen the merchandise and then you can release the payment and take your goodies. And so it does does away for the need for cash, essentially. Uh, yeah, you can pay with cash as well, yeah. but uh, you can do all of it through the app. Yeah. And for the seller, it's a great thing because you get a virtual storefront, uh, which is really cool if you're, you know, if you don't have a bricks and mortar location, but it also gets rid of the need for things like shipping because the logistics of selling online can be tricky. Um, whereas so this with this, because it's so local, you you don't need to worry about that anymore. So it's kind of like a, a Craigslist slash Amazon for smaller merchants. Yes, um, but it is hyper local, which is nice because you're you're supporting the local economy, which is a great thing for Vancouver. Um, and it the app itself is actually map based, so you can actually look at a map and find out what's around you in terms of what's being sold and the the different merchants around you. Yeah. So if Andy got into painting, which you've been dreaming of, Andy, essentially, uh, he could uh, set up a, a storefront and sell Andy paintings. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what does it cost? Uh, it's free to download the app and use it on both sides as a seller and as a buyer. If you are a seller, though, and you you need to use the payment processing through the app, it's 5% of uh, the sale price goes uh, goes to the payment processing. That's not bad. And again, uh, a locally made app. Yeah, exactly. Right here in Vancouver. And uh, it's launched here in Vancouver and in Seattle. And they're planning uh, an expansion across North America for 2016. So it'll be interesting to see what other cities roll out. But uh, I anticipate Toronto definitely being one of them. So uh, available for iPhone and Android? Yes, that's right. Yep. Yep. And I'm sure you can access this through the web as well? Uh, you know what? I don't think you can, actually. I think you do have to use the app hmm. Okay. Um, for now, but maybe that'll change. We'll check, we'll check into that. Well, thank yeah. you very much. Andy, we, uh, we're giving away a, a Roll Mobility SIM card uh, this week to one of the callers, and uh, we choose uh, Michael, who had phoned in uh, a little earlier. Congratulations, Michael. You're going to win a three-day talk, text, and data plan with Roll Mobility. So you get the Roll Mobility SIM that you could use when you're traveling to the U.S. and save a lot, and I mean a lot, on roaming costs. It's something that I know you and I use all the time. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's saved me thousands of dollars uh, over, the, over the years. Uh, this Monday, if uh, you're so inclined, uh, I'm going to be on Global Morning News uh, with uh, Steve and Sophie, uh, I think around 8.20 a.m. here in uh, B.C. I'll be talking about how to keep uh, your tech clean there's lots of germs and gunk on your screens and keyboards. Uh, you'd be surprised at how much. So I'll be going through uh, some tips and uh, some different tools you can do to uh, get the germs And you're going to want to watch away. this because Mike's going to be showing something called phone soap. It's a box that cleans your smartphone because, and we looked at the stats, 
believe it or not, there's a lot of fecal matter on your smartphone. Oh, if you take gross. it into a lab, that's gross. It is pretty gross. And this thing uses a light to basically uh, clean your phone. Yeah. And it's a little. It's like looks like a little shoebox, and you put your phone in there, and it cleans it, and then you know that you don't have any more fecal matter on your smartphone. So uh, Sabrina, our uh, our controller, is like dying in the control room right now, just thinking about her phone. I kid you not. Yeah. Like, take your phone to a lab. You don't, you don't want to know what We, we ran are. Christina's phone through this, and it's clean now. It was gross. And she's before. a germaphobe, too. And yeah. She, she was, um, you know, I like to do a little sample on her phone <laughs> and give her that kind of data. <laughs> That's all the time we have left. Mike, Andy, and Christina logging off for Get Connected. We'll see you again next week. When you're at work.